What's up, guys? I'm Sky. And I'm Kamisha. Welcome to Multiversatility University. M-U. So, I can hardly believe that it hasn't even been like three months since we last spoke. But, uh, you know, we ended last semester talking about unschooling and alternative education models. We have been on quote-unquote break. Sky and I were talking about how it was, for some reason, not the most restful summer. And maybe it does have to do with coming off of a pandemic school. And just, Mm -hmm. it's been a harrowing year anyway. And so, um, essentially, probably should have completely unplugged this summer. But I think still did a balance of what I normally do. Some professional development, reading some books you know, helping out at school in various capacities. And so, um, again, thinking about what we were talking about and as we get ready to go into this new school year, again, reflecting upon just alternatives to this madness. Yeah, I'm really excited because, um, you know, I moved to the mountains and I've gotten, I've only been there for a few weeks now, but I've gotten to experience just, I don't know, a different community and a different way of doing things. It's a very alternative community. Um, and I have, I feel like so many connections just to like life and the pandemic and community and what that could look like, you know, for education and, and education within our communities, especially. So I'm excited for that. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about this. I know you said you've only been there for a few weeks, but like yeah. this moving to the mountains and <laughs> this sounds exciting. Like <laughs> it is. And I, I know like we had talked about before too, like the pandemic and then just like accessibility to alternatives. And I almost feel like right now I'm not in the States, but you know, <laughs> I watch the news. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> oh. and, you know, it's like, is the alternative really even an alternative or is it what's gonna just happen, right? Kids are going to be at home. Parents are going to be struggling working from home and having their kids. So how can we make this what it is, you know, and let go of so many things that make it hard? True story. I just... I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not a parent, but I'm thinking about that as I go back to the classroom. Like there, there are several districts, you know, being the U.S. and we got to get those coins. Uh, there are several districts going back to school and even private schools that are like, we know what's happening and we know that they're saying that this is this new variant is really dangerous. However, we need these butts and seats. So th- right. we are going back into these buildings. And so just thinking about how can I, even in that situation, um, mm. make it different and, and not the not what they're used to. Commission and I were just talking about um, even something as simple as desk versus cha- uh, desk versus tables. And um, she was saying how, you know, some people, even though they don't need to use desk anymore, like some people are still opting for the desk. And I'm just like, I wish we didn't have to use them because I'm kind of over them. Like they were okay. It was COVID. We needed to like condense and they needed to be in their spots last year. But I'm just like, I'm over the desk and I I want my communal tables back or the spots Mm -hmm. in my room that had nothing where they can just be. Um, Right. 
So, yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about, I guess, the requirements, what it requires to go back to school and be safe versus what what we actually need as humans, mm-hmm. because it seems to be very opposite. And the the story seems to be, oh, we have to go back to school for kids' well-being, but do we? <laughs> Questions that need answers right there. And what is the definition of well-being? Mm, <laughs> Or like what needs are being met if we do send kids back to school, right? Like what needs are being met if we do? And then what needs are being totally thrown out the window if you do as well? And these conversations are, is, is super relevant now when I think about um, the uh, pattern, I guess, right now of being non-performative for the Mm -hmm. public and for uh, putting mental health first and just Mm -hmm. making the decision of Mm self-care and rest and really this anti, you know, anti-establishment, anti-capitalism, anti-the system, anti-rat race, just all of these, it's almost like this convergence and these two modalities are literally running head on to each other and what is going to happen well and it's interesting because I feel like a lot of teachers are advocating for themselves and sticking up for themselves like all over my twitter feed it's like teachers quitting and I'm like yes (laughs) (laughs) not because I don't want teachers or teachers even in schools but because it's it's humans who are recognizing their needs and recognizing that they're going into a system that is toxic and so they're saying no And I guess the question is, like, how do we get parents on board to then advocate for their kids, right? Because as adults and as teachers, we can easily say, I'm not going to put up with that. And I'm not going to do that. And I think for kids, it's hard. It's almost like a trick. It's like, you want to see your friends, don't you? You want to go back to school, don't you? (laughs) And it's like, yeah. But actually, there's other ways to get your socialization in. There's other ways to um, learn how to read. You know, it's like, it feels like a trap almost for kids, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting because I, I think similar to what you're doing and what a lot of people are doing, again, I think this past year or two has people seeking alternatives. So even for myself as an educator, um, working on my nature educator certification and mm-hmm. being this alternative to being an educator, but not being confined within four walls and not even mm-hmm. having to be in a school like I could be in a nature center or a botanical garden or right. even a national park and have these experiences have these opportunities and kids are learning all of the things but from a you know with the the outdoors as their classroom and I even during that time I was like it just started to click and register and I was like I don't even want to be in the classroom like, mm. I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not the traditional four walls, you know, even even if the windows are, even if you have a beautiful view and even if you go play outside, it's just, it was so nice to be outside all day in all kinds of weather and just be. Well, and this might be too, <laughs> a little too existential, but I think that you're, you know, getting trained with forest schools and learning about nature is actually what is going to get us through the pandemic because um, it almost, if we're being anti-capitalist, it's almost like capitalism and kind of human behaviors are what's fueling a lot of this, right? 
but if we can kind of return to our humanity, um, which is in nature, and, you know, from the education scope, return to nature to learn about how to take care of it, because then it will take care of us. True story. I um, I started following um, uh, an Instagram account of this. Um, her Instagram name is like the Black Forager. But she is a um, she's actually in Ohio and she's a young woman of color that literally like trains us as in her followers how to like forage berries and different plants and things and what to look for to make sure it's not poisonous and things of that nature. And I just kind of stumbled upon it one day and it is so fascinating, like just the amount of things I've learned over the summer from her, like how to make syrups and and um like she used uh like lilacs to make cookies and just things of that nature and it was just like wow um this is helpful like especially like you were saying now like this is helpful and she and that's kind of like one of her things she goes if we can take care of the earth it will take care of us um you know what i'm saying if we know how to to gather the appropriate way and not just you know out there just grabbing things but how to appropriately gather and and use our re- our natural resources she's like the earth will take care of us so that's really interesting you brought that up well yeah and i think we say so much about like future ready skills and skills kids need but it's like but if we are not focusing on the earth kids aren't going to need any skills <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the skills they need are are how oh. to be in relationship with nature. Well, I want to hear. Um, well, I definitely want to hear more about your current situation. Mm. Um, not, but I also, you know, I've been doing the same thing. Like I'm taking an herbalism class, and you know, thinking about what I learned again with forest preschool. I'm excited about being more intentional intentional about our time outside this year and learning our communal space outside and the animals there and the trees and the leaves that we have and sort of like creating this field guide and and Mm -hmm. having kids have a relationship with the outdoor space so that there is this ecological empathy versus Mm -hmm. just um you know taking it for granted or even just surface level like reduce reuse recycle or climate you know like no like I want them to have these relationships with the spaces and the places outdoor because I think that's the only way we're gonna advocate for real change agreed and I think I guess maybe you know for teachers who are going back to the classroom and and who are doing it that's such a good, easy thing that they can do, right? It's like you're doing a read aloud, do it outside, mm-hmm. right? You know, just those small little things that it's like, we can't change the whole system right now. But those are the things, I guess, as the adult advocating for children that we can do. Um, I think so. I worked um, camp over the summer um, mm-hmm. at my school and we spent a lot of time outside And I realized where I thought that I was um, during the school year, like I thought I was taking advantage of being outside and doing various (laughs) activities. But I was I think I I came into this realization that like I could do so much more outside. Like, yeah, we would go outside for read alouds or we would go outside and take our um, little scoop chairs and we sit outside and we do writing lessons out there. Um, But 
or like we we even did a um a scavenger hunt uh last year during the school year but just being outside that much for camp and just the various activities that um students are able to do that are not only fun but are technically educational like we were building skills outside like we they learned how to play a a brand new game that that required them to um uh be able to support their fellow teammates uh to be able to uh cheer for others to be able to uh lose to be there's just so many uh things there was even some math in there like there are just so many things that we learned just from this one game and just spending that sometimes two hours just on that one activity outside because mm. they enjoyed it so much because they got so much from it. And so I, I felt that that was kind of a challenge to myself to um, definitely kind of look at my schedule for the year, look at what is required of me and how can I take this and, and involve outside more for sure. Yeah. And I guess as a, as an educator, like that's where documentation kind of is your friend, right? So yeah. that- when there's somebody like, well, why are you outside for this long? You can say, well, boom, 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 boom. We did all these things, right? Like you still have that accountability to the outside, but you can kind of just check it off and be like, this is why. Exactly. We're just not out here staring at birds just because. But even if we were, but see, that's the thing. That's where I, you know, I, I hate the system because even if you were just outside staring at birds, like, I could connect that to curriculum. I could connect that to a standard. I could connect that to well-being, you know? So it's like, it really is like this really deep digging into, so what if I'm just sitting here? I'm doing what I need to do. Yep. True story. Sorry. Not to cut you off, but I'm like, but (laughs) so what? (laughs) No, no, no. That's that's real, though. That's that's fair. That is fair. One thing, um, when you were talking, just this whole nature connection, I really love it because so the community I'm in in the mountains is a very um I say like hippie community and not in a bad way like it's very beautiful um and we had a gathering recently and a community gathering and the intention was to connect with each other as community but also with nature and um, I want to share this activity we did because I feel like it could totally be adapted to the classroom um so first of all we are all you know together in a circle and we did like a meditation through the elements so um uh, one of the farm owners guided that for us and then he invited us to do this activity and it was a lot of trust but there was so much oh there was just so much relationship building with the other people and with the earth so what we did was you had a partner um one of you closed your eyes first and the other took your hand and guided you around nature Um, And they might ask you to like step a certain way. My guide was really beautiful. She was having me like walk with my heels first and then on the outside of my feet just to feel the earth. Right. Um, And then she led me to different spots to feel different textures and all the while my eyes are closed. So it's like this relationship building with nature, but using other senses and all of the senses. Um, And at one point we were in the sun and I love the sun, even though it does not love me. And we were just laying in the grass in the sun and I had my eyes closed the whole time and we were also talking while it was happening. And it was just this really beautiful connection, like all around to the sun, to the grass, to this other person. Um, And then we switched and afterwards we got to share our experiences and it was just really beautiful. Like we, me and her both, 
you know, really connected and that I was, it felt really motherly for me and I loved being guided and she loved doing the guiding. Um, so I just wanted to share that activity because I think that's something you could do with kids that it, it was honestly a magical experience. <laughs> and then uh, I, what was magical for me listening to what you talked about was we went forest bathing, which I knew about forest bathing. Okay. But it was a forest bathing therapist. And I literally just was like, that's a real thing. Like, I want that to be my job. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that, how long that has existed. I don't know. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. And I believe in divine timing. But I was just like, yes, please. And like, talk to her after. And I just. It's it's nice to have these other possibilities because, like I said before, I have a five year exit strategy, so <laughs> I gotta have a plan B, C, D, and E. But I think that the thing you said with exist, I think these are things that are like re-existing now, right? Because if you think back, and we've talked about like our ancestors before and just indigenous practices, I mean, they are in re- indigenous peoples are in relationship with the earth, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. So- I imagine like a forest bathing therapist is somebody who's kind of bringing back um, something that humanity has probably already known before. Okay, I'm bringing sexy back in now. <laughs> <laughs> Love bringing it. Humanity back. That's there. gonna be our slogan. There you go. Uh, yes. Please. Sorry, Sky. I think I cut you off a little bit. You were about to talk. Oh no no no! You're fine. You're fine. Bringing humanity back. That's that's solid. I like it. It's marketable. <laughs> See, that's our our capitalist (laughs) right I know first thing I thought put it on a t-shirt that's horrible I know it is the world we live in right oh my goodness we have to survive the individuality before we can really make a shift I think yeah I was like hashtag bring humanity (laughs) I know (laughs) first thing I went to was like ooh that'll make a really great shirt just so bad horrible oh. <laughs> we're, we're keeping it real we're keeping it real it's true it's true but um wow forest bathing i don't think i've even ever heard of that too sure you probably were doing it this summer and again like like kind of like nadia said there's nothing new under the sun so you probably were you probably have been doing it but just to kind of put a framework i think and a name to it and, and like we've been saying we go outside like we are the educators who go outside i believe it it is not lightning Mm-hmm. or your life is endangered we're going outside True. there's no such thing as bad weather there's bad clothing i'm gonna give that to my parents to read like let's do it let's do it family just, yeah. just so you know we will be outside you can change your clothes um so again i think it's just this intentionality behind it and being like not just visiting the creek but um and again tying it into the original peoples like what's the what was the name of this creek before it was colonized what was the name of this place that we're in? You know, how was this used? Who are the animals that, you know, like just going deeper with it and have them really having an understanding as opposed to just like, oh, this is the creek that's on our school property. That's so interesting. You mentioned the creek. So we also have a creek on our school property. And a part of uh, um, summer camp tradition is to go on creek walks throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And so um, my very first creek walk, I had never been, you know, whatevs. And so um, luckily, though, my co-counselor, 
who uh, was absolutely amazing, but he grew up at the school. And so like these Creek walks were his jam. And so he led us on the very first one until I kind of got my sense of direction and things of that nature. And just what the Creek walks turned into for the kids. Like they started, um, they started building, it turned into like impromptu science lessons. They were just, how can we change? Um, uh, they wanted to like slow the water down and kind of build a pool in one area, but they didn't want to completely stop it. So they started like building like these loose dams and then we would go down further. We would find, um, we found like walnut seeds and so then it became a whole investigation of, well, where are they coming from? Are they coming down with the water stream? Are they, is there a tree near? Like, it was just this exploration of the different berries that we found and, and the different birds. And so I was like, I know this is a summer camp tradition, but I'm like, why can't we go on creek walks during the school year? Like, uh, you know, you when, it's not, when it's not like freezing outside, right? Like, why, how come, especially at the, the top of the school year when it's warm, why can't we like have the kids bring a change of shoes like they did for for uh, uh, Creek shoes like they did for camp and have them go on Creek? Like there's just so much knowledge and like exploration down there. I was like, why can't we like we should be able to do this during the and year. you should and you should do it even in the winter because water freezes. Right. We're talking about yep. science. I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Nature is the ultimate provocation. Like, Absolutely. Oh, there's another hashtag. Look at this guy. Look at him. 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 Look at that is true. It's one thing to just talk about it versus like you're you're picking up the berries, right? Like you're feeling them, you're splashing mm-hmm. through the water, you're yeah, you're exploring the the direction of the water. Like yeah, no, that's true. That is very true. And they will lead the learning, right? Like even if you're like, I don't know what to, t-, they mm-hmm. will they'll come up with something and you're like, oh yeah, like, good point. And they ride it for a while too until they, you know, get all they want from, absolutely. Well, and then that's, I feel like that's where our role as just an adult facilitating learning versus teaching, right? If we're responsive and then we can take it further with, if we're recording their questions, if we're bringing their collections back to the classroom, I mean, those kind of, you guys know, those kind of inquiries, they could last all day for weeks if we are yep. open yes. and we're continuing to document and reflect. And, you know, th- that could be the whole curriculum. Very <laughs> much. It's true. It's true. I even had like students that started like making stews out of like the leaves and the and the berries and then like they created like these narratives around them they're just like well you know before we were here we felt like um they kept calling them the spirits but they were just like we felt like the spirits (laughs) used to come down here and they used to eat and so we want to make a stew for them and then next time we come back if it's gone we know that they that they ate it. And so like it became a whole thing and it started with a few kids. And then before I knew it, the whole camp group, they were just like lined up along the Creek and they're just like making these stews. And then they started doing leaf races, which was uh, (laughs) phenomenal. Um, Mm. It was just, it was so much fun. Like they would, Oh, this one's bigger. So it may go faster. This one's smaller, this one, you know, and it just, it became, it was great. 
It was That's so good. beautiful. <laughs> so you good. could build different. You could construct different vessels to go down the river. Absolutely, like compostable and reusable materials. Oh, another one that I love is collecting natural materials and creating uh, mandalas. Oh, patterning and mathematics and color and. The the cool thing with all of this is like none of it has to be coerced, right? Yep. Like nope. kids kids naturally sort. Kids naturally, you know, pattern. And it's just a sense again of us just letting it happen. Yep. Oh my god. Naturally collect things because everything's a treasure. <laughs> everything's a treasure. Everything's a treasure. Walking Another sticks cool. and Another cool experience I had um, with the community at that same gathering, and it's something that I've just been thinking about. And as we're talking, I'm thinking about it a little more. Like, um, so there was adults and kids at this gathering, and the kids were just running around everywhere, um, which was beautiful. <laughs> and it was the adults who were gathered. And I feel like sometimes school is such the opposite. It's like, you know, the the adults in control, and we're asking the kids to gather, and it's like, come on, get to the carpet, come to the carpet, you know. And I was just thinking about this opposite experience where the adults had free will and they chose to gather there and the kids were running around. But I was thinking about what that looks like from the child's perspective, seeing adults communing in nature together Mm -hmm. and how, you know, in school we're constantly like crisscross applesauce. I'm going to show you the right way to sit. Yeah. (laughs) Versus this really natural gathering of adults who are choosing to be there and are modeling gathering. And when do kids, you know, I think kids, obviously, um, when they're out and they see adults at a table together playing games or that kind of thing, but seeing adults gathering in nature, for one, the nature aspect, but two, what it looks like to gather as a community. And I just kept thinking about my own daughter, like, I'm so glad she gets to witness adults coming together and being in nature and what that looks like. Hmm. I never thought about it that way, huh? Well, and it just made me think too, when we were talking about like actionable steps, like, again, I'm not, I'm not in the States or at a school, but like, I wonder if meetings could be outside. Oh. You know, if they're after school and kids are seeing that their teachers are gathering together outside. That is true. Every, well, I, well, I feel like we're kind of being forced, well, not forced, but everything should be outside. People feel, mm. at least right now, like safer and more comfortable outside and so yep. I See, nature think... nature is telling us what to do yeah nature is is guiding us nature's <laughs> like please go outside <laughs> nature's yeah, also being like if you building. destroy us like you said with kids if you destroy this where you gonna go nowhere <laughs> nowhere nowhere to go nothing you're gonna be in a little bomb shelter <laughs> No windows. <laughs> Honestly, one of the funniest things I've been like, I've been thinking about the pandemic and I've been very doomsday about it, to be honest. But I'm also like, I'm so glad I chose this little hippie town in the mountains where like everybody knows how to grow food. Like I'm in the right place for survival. True story. If it ever went down, it's true. You won't go hungry. <laughs> yeah. I would, so we were just talking about it. The The farmer... He has this really beautiful compost with these. Um, uh, I don't. I can't remember the name of, of the worms that or the that he has, but he's gonna eat them. And wow. he's like, and I'm just like, okay, I <laughs> I think I might just pass away first, but 
It's protein, Nadia. It's protein. I know. And in a lot of cultures, like I was just thinking about my husband from Myanmar, like eating bugs is not uncommon, right? Right. Like that's protein. But reframing our minds, again, to be, to kind of go back to our humanity. What if you wrap it up in some lettuce? Just wrap Mm. it up in some, make a taco. Make a lettuce wrap. True. (laughs) True. Well, some guy was saying you have to like fry them and then make powder out of them. Oh, and then oh. you can sprinkle it on things. Oh, so it's a it's a condiment seasoning situation. Oh, actually, I could get done with that. I mean, huh. there's no texture to that, right? So, or there's a different texture, I guess. Right. So yeah. I could probably do that. Okay. Is it a big worm? Or, what's the size of the worm? Because I was like, you could just swallow it. <laughs> it's not even a worm, to be honest. I can't remember the name. I mean, it's a crawly thing. It's it's about an inch. It's the crawly huh. thing. How about you learn to identify what it is? <laughs> What is it's a crawly the thing. extent of my nature training. It's I love the crawly crawler. thing. Right. It's the crawly thing. I love the crawly thing. It's my fave. Yeah, <laughs> I want to, I mean, I want to be outside as much as possible and do all the things and not just be doing it outside. But, you know, we learned so much about um, the compass and directions and how they equate to energetics and time of the day and, like, life and... Um, it can really guide the work for the year and, and um, um, interspersing things. So I just, I'm looking forward to this new year and, and doing things a little differently, but also again, thanking the bittersweetness of the pandemic where it's like, yeah, be outside. It's true. And I think families want us to be outside too. I think they're all like, great, great. <laughs> Right. Be outside. (laughs) (laughs) Go. Explore. Be. All right. Is it in, like, is, are all the states in the U.S., is everybody going back in person? We're not going to have, we're not doing that. That's what we're not going to talk about. (laughs) No, no. Yeah, we're not. This was a genuine question. No, I know it was. It's it's also a shit show here. So, I mean... It depends on what state you're in. It depends on yeah. who is governing your yeah. state. There's it so many factors. Yeah. On whether you are a public school or a private school. Yep. Right. <laughs> There's um, so many factors. Um, I feel like most most places are leaning toward um, physical, you know, physically yeah, right. being in the building for sure. Um, yeah. There are a few that are like, no, we're going to start virtual um but yeah it was and i think initially prior to the new variant it was like okay well you know the 12 12 year olds and up are vaccinated so like mm-hmm. uh, we can do this kind of situation and then it was like right. plot mm-hmm. twist new variant and now right. everybody's like whoa like we just got a letter um well the email that goes out to families uh, from our head of school was like so we know that this is a thing we're very much so aware we, we're not ignoring it um we're still gonna keep our same mitigation strategies just all the things but um yeah i think it's unfortunately i think it's more so at the forefront of the leaders of private institutions minds yeah. versus yeah because we know how that goes so i was also going to say the advantage that both 
uh, Sky and I have is that we were face to face last year. Yeah. So really, this is, I mean, last year, and I'm not saying that this is like easy peasy, but last year was the hard part. Last year was the we have never done this before. Right. Yeah. Kids are going to be in math. We're going to be distance, we're going to shield, right? Like that. So this year, I'm kind of like, I mean, we did this last year. Yeah, same. So let me okay. charge up my microphone and I'm gonna... yeah. <laughs> let me let me put my mask. Back. I've been practicing. Let me walk around the house in my mask and yeah. <laughs> uh, let me learn to project my voice again. And yeah, let me. So that's the other. I mean, to our advantage, we we're kind of pros at this now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it has me thinking too. Again, I'm outside the state, so I feel like I have this just like outside looking in kind of thing. <laughs> But and we talked about it uh, on the last episode, but just this idea of like access to alternatives. Mm-hmm. And I know um, I wanted to share just one, I guess, or a couple of resources that I found since then, um, because I'm really aware that like any, you know, the fact that I just like quit my job and moved to the mountains in a foreign country is a massive privilege, right? Um, and so I found, but at the same time, like my daughter and Kamisha and I have talked about this a little bit, uh, my daughter is half Myanmar. And so I was looking to go back to the States and I was looking at alternative schools and just different things, but they were so white. And, um, Uh. I was like, there have to be spaces where there's not just all white people. And, um, I found... (laughs) <laughs> I found a really cool community uh, it's, and it's called My Reflection Matters mm-hmm. and you can find them on Instagram but then it's kind of like a you, you have to kind of sign up and they have a questionnaire and stuff but it's for people of color um, and it's alternative it's an alternative education community so they do workshops they have affinity groups um, and it's just a community for people of color who are choosing something different outside of the education system and obviously that doesn't help with other needs, but it just, it gives the community. And so even as a white mom, um, you know, I'm allowed to join as an ally and it's been a really cool space just to kind of, I'm still kind of in the lurking phase, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but just to see what's out there. Um, so I want to just put that out there. My reflection matters if anybody's looking for a diverse community that is liberation focused. I guess that's the other thing for me. Um, you know, there's there's the social justice aspect, but there's this I, there's this idea of liberation for everybody, including the intersection of children. Um, so that's a big deal. Wow, that's cool. I'll be sure to put that in the notes. Yeah, yeah and I think I think educators can join as well, like educators who are interested in um, liberation for children. Nice. Liberation for children. Yes. And the other resource I found, um, I started joining this group called Unschooling Schools Mm. and their idea. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, too. So even for myself, I'm not against public education. I feel like in the the capitalist society, public education is actually quite socialist. Right. Um, Except to the extent where (laughs) kids going to school then benefits capitalism. But right. (laughs) but this idea of public education is something that I'm not against. So I was really excited to join this group because they're saying, why can't we have self-directed, completely self-directed learning, unschooling schools that are public schools. Right. Um, And one of the things they want to do is like, okay, if there are unschooling families, 
can they access the gym at their local public school? Can they access the library? So can, you know, can these kids mm-hmm. who are, yes, choosing a different route, but can they access the public goods if they're paying taxes? Oh, cool. So that, you know, that's been a really interesting group. They meet every Tuesday and anybody can join their group chats. They kind of just talk, talk about self-directed education, talk about, there's a lot of talk about the system because they're wanting to, you know, kind of have this hybrid school, unschool system. Um, so yeah, that's a good join, a good group to join. Thank you for those. I'll be sure to add that one to the notes too. That's wow. Okay. And that's the thing, like, I know that that uh, these different groups and organizations are out there. I just feel like the access or um, I feel like there is a lack of access, but I also feel like just because um, not many people, it's not a a general conversation right now. So Mm -hmm. many people don't know where to look or even how to look like what do you if if you, um, if somebody that was interested, brand new to it, wanted to, like, how do you even Google that, right? Like, right. I think it's just the the fact that it's not talked about enough um, yep. to, that makes it hard to find or access, really. I, I agree 100%, especially, if I feel like for educators, like, I, um, I'm going to do a workshop in a couple months for international school educators, and I'm like, I feel really silly that it's just like, I just want to tell people what self-directed learning is. And I don't want to be this like, here's this thing, you know, you need to know about it. But at the same time, educators, because we're trained within the system, we're not told about the alternatives. Yep. And so I I agree that it's like getting it out there in a way that is intriguing for people. And I think now is the time, like we were saying before, right? And for parents as well, because teachers are not wanting to go back to the system parents are not wanting to send their kids to the system so I do feel like now is the time to be screaming there is a different way <laughs> yes you have an out I take it there, there are alternatives yes you don't you have know. to you don't have to go back to what used to be no yeah. and what's not good for you it's true it's at least good. like we said before for us you know for a certain pocket relations and and people this is it's not the most um conducive or productive or helpful so not only the alternatives for the kids but like again like there need to be us as educators Mm. um being a part of that alternative solution and part of the revolution um but we have to survive too and that's i i feel like that's the biggest thing right is like as an educator How do you also, as an educator in a capitalist system, how do you also provide for yourself while doing what you know is right and like kind of going outside the system? It's hard. Once we crack that code, we will be millionaires. (laughs) Exactly. I was about to say that's a (laughs) A millionaires. (laughs) Once we crack the code, there will be no money, Kamisha. Oh, okay. Thanks, Nadia. (laughs) If you're a millionaire, you're still existing within capitalism. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong though? I don't know. I don't think about it that deeply. I just think about like what I want to do and what I need to do it. <laughs> Seriously. Like I can't. Didn't I just I say did, I'm I did exhausted? Say I didn't rest well this summer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's capitalism's fault. <laughs> oh. Blame it all on capitalism. 
I did see this post today, though, that was kind of about that, like, um, why, you know, what's keeping you from saying fuck the system, basically, and it was talking about, you know, basic needs and having to work. Um, And then it was also saying this preconditioned notion that we shouldn't rely on each other. But if we are going against the system and having some alternative, it, it requires you to rely on your community. And that's almost taboo in a capitalist system, you know. Well, it's anti-capitalist. Right. So. I was it about is. to say that's completely, um, yeah. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't what they do. <laughs> I mean, we'll figure it out. We have to. We'll we'll figure it out, and we'll move to our commune somewhere and just li- <laughs> live our best lives. There you go. Doing all the things, yeah. foraging and herbalism, and creating our own things, and and eating powdered worms for sustenance. <laughs> so much to look forward to. <laughs> so much to look forward to. But we have to bring the kids. We have to bring the kids, and that's what I'm saying. Like as the adults, we also have the privilege to just make those choices and leave. But a lot of these kids don't. So it has to be, like, again, communal, like a community effort to really make a shift. Yeah. It's... Not to get all serious on you. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're correct. I mean, and that's what would happen back in the day, right? Like, you have the, the aunts and the grandmothers and the uncles. And, I mean, you have that multi-generational thing and people with kids, mm-hmm. people without kids. People who have to go out and, you know, do the work and people who stay and take care of children. I mean, I'm down for it. That idea of contribution is is kind of big, too, in the community I'm in right now. Because they actually haven't gathered very often because of COVID as well. And so they're finally, like, we're gathering. Um, But there was just a message that went out, like, you're in this community. How would you like to contribute? And I know for myself, that's been one of my, like, kind of research questions, if you will, when joining this community is, like, okay, I have knowledge of child development. I have a passion for creating like safe, liberating spaces for kids. So how can I use, I'm not going to get paid for it. (laughs) Even though in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, can I charge for this? (laughs) (laughs) I still have, I still need to survive too. Right. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I want to do gymnastics classes. So I'm also trying to find my way of like, how do I contribute to the well-being of this community with my skills as an educator? Um, And I'm, you know, I'm still practicing that, but we have like a nature walk in the works. I'm setting up a, like a nature classroom kind of thing um, on one of the farms and I'm going to do the gymnastics classes. So it's kind of cool to be like, I can contribute and it's not my job, but it's something I want to do. But to your point about like survival, like, is there any system of bartering? Is there any system of like, um, even if you're not sort of like, setting a price like you say is there like can I contribute can I get if I feel like the need to give or and doesn't have to be money like could I exchange like child care for you like can I come to your class or or the people who are are farming they have food there's like yeah all the farms there's like the jams and the um the breads and all of this stuff right and I don't know in this community that I'm in right now that there's a a very explicit system per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you that in a, like in an intentional community, yeah, I think that that would be a good thing to bring up after we start gathering more often is like, if I am doing the gymnastics classes for free, are you guys bringing me some bread? <laughs> right. Yeah, for real. Can I get two loaves <laughs> a month for, yeah, no. No, exactly. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree that 
And that's where everybody's collective knowledge and skills comes in. Um, Because if we all did the gymnastics classes, then nobody would have anything to give, right? Yep. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, a next level of my exploration of an intentional community. It's supply and demand. Mm. Kind of. Right. And then once you gain all of this knowledge, what are you doing? Are we like... Do we all come to Thailand? Do we go somewhere else? Like, right. what, what's the, what are we doing? What's the plan here? What's the plan? Yeah, what's the plan? I mean, <laughs> to be honest, again, this is why it's a privilege because I have to survive. And I, I thought about going back to the States like long and hard, but I can't survive outside of the system in the States. And I feel like that's why the States has such a stronghold on its people. Hmm. Oh, Nadia. I know. I know I sound very like it's all doom and gloom, but I I do. I think really deeply about these systems. Yeah. I mean, systems, systemic. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. Too many to rattle off here. And they're all (laughs) interconnected and intertwined, right? They they all benefit each other. Yep. That's That's the thing. It's like a lot of the. In the unschooling schools, we were talking about, like, can can this change come slowly? And I'm like, hell no, it can't. you got to just burn it all. It all has to go up in flames at the same time. <laughs> so some, you, you said, it, it reminds me of, like, the the um, the cartoon TNT where you, you light it and it travels. Like, you just, <laughs> yeah. it just has to all go at the same time. Like, just and you're, around. like, tapping your fingers till it gets there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just... Just burn it all at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Something's got to happen. We'll see. But there are people, like, there are people in that group as well that believe it can be slow and that it can kind of be this dual system until there's a shift. I don't think so, but, you know. Hmm. Something else to talk about and consider. Indeed. Do we burn it all down or do we... Or slow burn. Do both and, yeah. Is it is it mm. rebuilding and... Uh, what is it? Isn't like a harvest thing too, where you like, you like burn the field. So it's something where you're like destroying, but you're also like re creating a new. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's, that's where the word like abolition comes into play. And people are so, you know, it's a word that makes people react adversely because people think, oh, abolition, you're just going to get rid of something. But the idea is, no, you're getting rid of something to make space for the new thing. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's like releasing things, right? You can't, there's not room for just more. You have to like let some things go so that you can add other things. Yep. Making room for new, true. Making room for new. Excellent. Well, thank you, Nadia. As always, thank you for making the time and the (laughs) space and contributing to um, our conversation and our podcast and joining us at the mic. Thank you. I love, you know, I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate. So I feel like, can we do this again in six months? <laughs> no, sure. like, you, this is always amazing when you, when you join us at the mic for sure. So absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm excited for your guys' school years and to see you guys outside. Pictures already didn't happen. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> True yeah. story. Follow us on Instagram. Right. <laughs> Wait, what were our hashtags? We got to get our hashtags in order. Bringing oh. back humanity. Yes. 
the hell was oh, the there other? was another one. Dang there it! There was one more. Oh, we should have been writing these down. Oh well. Well, we're recording it, so oh, yeah. somebody has to go back and it's, listen. It's true. It's recorded. Yeah, just follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Multifertility University and Facebook too. Well, uh, yeah, connect all that. <laughs> Shameless look. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Right. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone, again, for joining us. Thank you for supporting us. Hope you gathered some great notes from this episode. As always, I'm Kamisha. I'm Sky. School is in session.